0: How many event. drift cars have you had?
1: I've had 58 cars total. So
0: Every time you go to the track, you're in a new car. And it's like, oh, it was like... It's got to be frustrating.
1: It was frustrating, and it's a terrible way to improve
0: any of your skill, because every time you go, everything you've learned is wise. It's very cool to see the Mustangs growing and drifting and becoming more common and stuff. I'm not a Mustang fan. Probably never will be. But when I ride along in them, I'm like, dude, these things are f- cheat code build your skill level with the car you have (laughs) and then once you've maxed that out upgrade the car
1: yeah and the dude that shows up in like the Clap e36 that he's got like three grand in total and rips i guarantee you is having way more fun than you and your twenty thousand dollar car yeah
0: and he knows how to drive 10 times better than you too welcome back to the number one drift podcast on youtube presented by njuku racing and today and well i'm dawson and today we have i'm right, um, ryan i'm the owner and promoter of riverside drift
1: so we do the uh the 50k shootout that you guys have seen the last couple of years as well as a bunch
0: of like matsuri style bash events outside of that hey oh yeah he's getting a little distracted by the cats right now <laughs> <laughs> they're loving them <laughs> uh of course before we get into it look below the video if that subscribe button is still red go ahead and click that and hit the bell notification while you're at it so you never miss an episode uh, and of course, the merch by now is done for the Njuku gift card, but we should still have some sizes left. So if you want some, go ahead and grab them. The link is, of course, in the description. So if you want to kind of give a more in-depth rundown on who you are, and what you drive, stuff like that. Yeah, so basically, uh, for those of you
1: guys who don't know, I know like a lot of your background with us is in the last couple of years. Uh, we started out in 2016. So basically, the way that looked like for my involvement in drifting and how I started out, First event I went to was Midru- Midwest Drift Union in 2010, so that was kind of my getting my feet wet thing. Uh, I worked at a photography studio at the time, so I had a bunch of camera equipment and got bored over the summer. Um, so started doing media at some of those events, so that would have been 2011, 2012. Uh, 2013 was my first time driving, and that would have been at Kill Care, where the guys run now with Drift Indy. Uh, drove there, drove with them 2013, 14, 15. Then I went to work on the river on uh, paddlewheel cruise boats. So <laughs> couldn't, yeah, I couldn't exactly do any drifting uh, anywhere I was at for that. So that year was kind of a hiatus. And then once I quit that job and came back and moved uh, back in, in, in New Albany, their southern Indiana area, I couldn't really afford to go drifting the way I could before. So my, my route to that was basically the worst sales pitch I ever had in my entire life. <sighs> So I called up Mike at the Sports Drome, and I'm like, hey, I have zero money to rent a track from you, and I have no background doing this, but I'll kind of make a gamble with you. So he gave me Let's three weeks. Let's do anyways. <laughs> yeah. He gave, he gave me three weeks uh, to get my first event that I was running uh, going, and as long as that worked out as like a proof of concept type thing, Yeah. then he'd give me one more. So that worked out. Um, first time we had 19 drivers, kind of hit the boxes he wanted to hit, so he gave me two more. We got through those two uh, coming around to October 2016, and he's like, let's do one more. So what started out as like a, I want to go drifting. I don't have money to do it, but I'll do this for free. If yeah. You just, <laughs> like I just let it, he kept all the money. We just basically showed up and like my buddy Matt, me, uh, Will, and Flick all ran the the show for yeah, him yeah, basically, yeah. and he he handled the monetary side. So that was all four of our way to kind of just, trade off and go drifting on the cheapest means possible yeah uh so that's how we started out we always try and cheat it a little
0: bit yeah
1: yeah you gotta you gotta make this stuff cost effective because it's it's not um so that we're gonna uh, dive deeper and all this yeah (laughs) but but uh so that's that's kind of how i started out and then just evolved from there to what pretty much everybody else sees now um with us on instagram riverside drift is our official instagram and then riverside drift on facebook same
0: thing on youtube oh yeah yeah it's grown quite a name, uh, especially with, uh, how much money you've been yeah, forking yeah. out for them. So, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, tell me a little bit like before drifting ever and became a thing for you. What, like, what were your, what were your hobbies? What were you doing then?
1: So before, before drifting, I didn't really, um, I didn't really have anything specific. I kind of, it, it kind of just changed with the seasons. Like if it was winter, I'd go ski or I'd go snowboard and I pretty much traded that off every off season. Cause I get bored. Um, throughout the summer, it was just kind of anything I get my hands on that had a motor. I just mess with it. So like, uh, when I was, what would that have been like 14? Uh, one of my teachers in school couldn't get a Yamaha Zuma running, I'm on it. So, yeah, he's like, you can have it for free if you get it running and I see you ride it to school, give me 200 bucks. Otherwise, we'll call it even. No shit. So, uh, my stepdad worked at an airport at the time. They had to drain a bunch of fuel during inspections. Mm. So, when they were doing that, we had to dispose of it. Well, the way I was disposing of it is putting 100 low lead in my messed with Zuma and riding that thing around. Um, <laughs> so, it was kind of just like tinkering, I guess, would be the hobby before that. Okay. So, they just keeping with the mechanical theme, but I didn't really have anything specific. I was like, this is my identity. Yeah, yeah.
0: So um, you, did, did you say you rode BMX at all? No, no. So I um, I saw your kids do like the little strider bike thing. Yeah. So they had, the, a they had the
1: striders <laughs> and then I got them on the Stasics. So that's the like electric powered ones. Oh, cool. Um, and then this kind of off season, um, I had my kid, my oldest kid Landon wanted to kind of get a little bit more into it, or at least he yeah, said he yeah. did. Now he's scared of it. Mm -hmm. um so i i built him a pw-50 um stripped it all down sent it to scott and matt they blasted it powder coated all the pieces put it together for him um so that's kind of where like the two of them are headed right now because they can't exactly go drifting at you know three and five yeah um so that's a good placeholder if
0: i can get him to kind of get over the initial fear of it because the first step you just get him into bmx skateboarding first he'll find his way
1: I mean, they, they did really good with the bikes. I got to say, like, if you have a little kid, the Strider bikes, just yeah. set them loose on it, and that is the way to go. Because neither one of them ever used training wheels. Like, he jumped on a pedal bike and just took off, and he's fine. No shit. Yeah. So the, ah. those, whoever thought
0: that of that system is perfect. Damn. All yeah. right. Well, so how did, I guess, how did you branch yourself into drifting? What was, like, what gave you the influence, I guess?
1: So that was when I was in high school and first getting my driver's license, uh, the first thing I had was a Toyota Avalon, terrible car for a guy who like enjoys things uh, <laughs> like cars in high school. So I did that. Uh, I was working like, basically I was working at the photography studio that I mentioned. And then I was also working as a mechanic on Fridays at another mom and pop shop in town. Mm. And then on the weekends, me and my buddy were cutting grass for people. So we were I was like piling up all the money I could find while I had free time. And then I bought a 300ZX, which was the only uh, rear-wheel drive, five-speed car that any of my buddies had at the time because yeah. we had like just started driving. So basically started out, we would just – we, we saw some videos, and then we're like, oh, we can probably do that if it's raining. So we would just go to the high school and the middle school and everywhere else, and Something then we would similar just... Similar to everyone else. Yeah, so. we just ran the little like loop to make sure that you only stayed in this spot for 10 minutes, and the cops wouldn't show up in time, and you moved to the next one. Exactly. Dude, there was a so, boat ramp near my house yeah.
0: that was kind of like tucked off in the woods, and we would take my buddy's E36 out and do it in the rain. Yeah, yeah.
1: We had one of those. Mike Carver, one of the guys uh, down there by us in New Albany, there's yeah. a boat dock. He's like, you, you should go try this out. Perfect. Exact same thing. <laughs> It worked out great, yeah. so
0: it, it became a quick hotspot. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, you had about ten minutes of couple, going around. This was like an oval, I guess. So you're not really doing much drifting, but, yeah. But uh, you're, you're
1: you're trying it. So yeah, it, it Kind of yeah. gets you interested you get at the
0: least feel of the skid, I guess. But um, I get what was your first drift car? So
1: that um, what it what was the the first one I purposely like set up for drifting. Was right after that, I got an S13 okay. uh, hatch. So the way that worked out was we all went 2012 up to uh, Lucas Oil for another Midwest Drift Union around that I was going to take some pictures at. The other guys were just wanting to go see what it was. Yeah, And it was a 2 plus 2, so we piled four people in the thing, and we drove it up there and blew up the 300 ZX on the way home. I was like, great, this is my only car. I have no way to keep going back and forth to work other than that moped I still had. So... <laughs> A guy in town, uh, it was his wife's car, she passed away, and he's like, I don't want to keep looking at it. It's got a brand new clutch, brand new fuel pump, everything. AC mm-hmm. worked perfect. He's like twelve hundred bucks that you can you can take it. And I was like, perfect. So Damn,
0: finding all yeah. the deals. <laughs>
1: so I, I took that and I was like, okay, I'll just I'll daily this car yeah. while I fix the 300 ZX and we can kind of mess with it more. And then that obviously snowballs like everybody else's does. Uh, one of the guys I had lived with at the time up in Indianapolis. He thought he blew up a K Sylvia that he had. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just the turbo was bad, but he's like, "Oh no, the motor shot." I'll I'll sell you the whole thing for three hundred bucks, like intercooler to the driveshaft, three hundred bucks. Okay, so I unbolted the hatch of the two forty because I'd driven it up there. We wrapped it up in cellophane and just shoved everything in in through the center, so the tail shaft of the trans is sitting next to the shifter, and the hatch is just packing taped and like wrapped (laughs) in shrink wrap. And I drove it two hours home like that because I'm like, I'm not going to pass up a $300. SR. Hell no, I wouldn't yeah.
0: either. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that's crazy.
1: That's how the, like, now this is the drift car thing started because I'm like, yeah. Uh, one deal, two deals sounds like a good plan. So <laughs> that, that I drove that for the first two and a half, two and a half years that I was driving. So
0: what, like, okay. So what was, what all was done to it? Cause this was 2016, you said? So,
1: so this would have been 20. 13 through 15 when I was driving okay. the Drift indie events. Um, so it started out, it was just like cut knuckles from Bill Cook. Uh, we had the SR. It was just stock everything um, in a front mount. And then, what, which way did this go? So 2013, <laughs> so no star bash. Um, it started kind of messing up on me, and the intercooler couplers kept blowing off. And then the wastegate messed yeah. up. So we kind of like fixed the car by using a bunch of white rain hairspray from the dollar store on the yeah, couplers. Yeah. back Yeah. Clamped yeah. the shit out of it. And then when the wastegate messed up, I grabbed two fender washers and a piece of all thread and we just bolted it shut. <laughs> worst worst idea. Worst <laughs> idea ever. But because all the couplers were so fucked up, it literally, oh, can I say that on here?
0: Yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, since they were all like completely wrecked, it was boost leaking enough that it didn't blow the motor, but it maintained about 12 to 13 PSI. Uh-huh. So it was like the most awful way I ever ran that car. But I'm like, I paid for two days. I'm not going to not drive for th- both days. Yeah, so of course. that's kind of where that car started. Then I took it down off season 2013 redid everything uh me and my buddy cody painted both of our cars the same color so we just had them both white um it got like all the wide body stuff being knockoff duraflex kit yeah new wheels the the normal yeah type stuff and then it pretty much just stayed like that until um it got a sylvia front took the sylvia front back off and then i think i think that was it and then i sold it to larry smith and i'm pretty sure it still lives in cincinnati but it's got an ls in it now yeah damn so it, yeah it, it got swapped <laughs> after i sold it so that was the first like drift specific car i had
0: yeah okay because i saw there was a an is2 and then you had an, an rx8 at one point as yeah well? so i went i went through a lot of them almost every how many event. drift cars have you had
1: i've had 58 cars total but i'd say so i kept i kept the hatch <laughs> for a while and then for the 2016 2017 season when like when I had started running events, yeah, every event or every other event, I had a different car. So I started like trading <laughs> stuff out really fast. Um, and a lot of that was kind of the it falls in my lap, so I can't say no yeah, type deal. So when I when I started them, I had a uh, when I took that year off in 2015, I had got a 350Z that was just like stock. Okay. I bought some PBM coilovers from Rolando, put them on there that was like it. It was, it was stock, but a guy on marketplace, uh, over in Louisville, he didn't want to mess with this 25 Neo swapped 97 cookie that he had. Hell yeah. And I'm like, I'll trade you and I'll just <laughs> trade you the Z cause I bought it for five grand. That's and great. He's, he's like, uh, well, I'll take that deal. But if you want to do that, I'll give you the other shell too. So like, I drove over my 350Z, and I took the S14, drove it home. I got another 96 with, like, confetti in- interior, slick what? top, pro car. Yeah. So I was like, this is a pretty Damn, good car Back up. when
0: you could find these deals.
1: Oh, it was, it was nuts. God. It was That was probably the best trade deal I had. So I took that <laughs> 97, drifted it for two events. Um, well, I kind of got some of the stuff sorted. Yeah. And then I had sold off the shell, sold off all the spare parts the guy gave me with it. Like, a, I had a spare RB25 block and everything sold all that stuff off in those two events and then a guy in Virginia was like I'll give you 10 grand for the car
0: fucking right so it's like
1: yeah you just at that point I'm like this is a decent way to kind of keep
0: financing the hobby if I just
1: flip stuff so uh, it's gotta be
0: like odd though every time you go to the track you're in a new car and it's like it's gotta be frustrating
1: it was frustrating and it's a terrible way to improve any of your skill because (laughs) every time you go Everything you've learned is white. Someone will argue that.
0: That'd be the so, best way
1: because you're driving so many vehicles. But the, the problem was like I went through them so fast that whatever problems they had when I got them, yeah. by the time I fixed them, it was like halfway through the track that I found out that something was messed up. So like after the, the 97 car, I went one event with no car, and then a guy wrecked an S13 vert that was like, Full caged everything. He backed it into the wall at one of my events. Yeah, yeah. I've got an E36. I'll trade you it, and you can just leave <laughs> it with me. And so he's like, "Okay, yeah, I just need something to drive." So then I end up with that car. You and just it's like, find
0: people on the spot. That yeah, like, I'm, ah,
1: it's all, it, that's the thing. It. I always tell everybody, I'm like, if you want to get a deal on marketplace or anywhere else, you got to be ready to do it like right then.
0: No, that's how the RX7 that's sitting outside happened. Yeah, it was it, on there for like three or four hours. Well, in the mo- like so at eight in the morning.
1: The best one of these that we ever did was uh, one of my buddies, Alex, went with me to PRI. What would this have been? Four years ago. And he works for Ford. So he got his, his like profit sharing bonus at the end of the year. Nice. And I was like, I'll make you a bet. I'll find you something on Marketplace that we can buy tonight. And I can probably get it for half of it. He's like, No, nah, you can't do that. So we found an R32 that the dude had like drove into a curb on the front corner, shattered the wheel no and everything. Way. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, he says eight grand or best offer. I'm like, I'm gonna try to get it for four. And it's 1 a.m. and we're like 45 minutes away from this dude. And so I start messaging back and forth and I'm like, I'll give you four grand and we'll come right now. Like, it'll be, he lives in an apartment. So he had four days to get oh, rid of it or was getting towed. Shit. I was like, we'll come right now. It's gone in the morning. And we had no trailer or nothing because we just went up there for the trade show. <laughs> so I had a buddy that lived two and a half miles away and we drove it with the shattered Colossus. wheel two and a half miles because I'm like, we can't not get this deal. So yeah, it's like, no. as long as you're ready to go right then, Yeah, can, it's in the get middle some of night. Too.
0: Yeah. Nobody's on the road.
1: Fuck no, man. yeah, we passed like one car, and they probably looked at us like, what is going on? Because the car, like, I'm Fucking riding with them. And we're just, what we're the doing the this the whole way down <laughs> there. It was terrible. It, <laughs> was terrible. it shook the harness out and like, like rubbed through drops. the headlights, and the headlights just over here flickering. I'm like, we just got to get it off the road now. So it was rough. But stuff like that is like a good way to go through it. Anyway, back to where we were we were at, I guess, on the car thing when you were asking. So, to get to where the IS was, I went through two more cars between that vert and the IS. And that car was actually an automatic. But I was like...
0: Yeah, like, after the IS, it started going to a bunch of different cars. And I was like, I have no fucking clue what's going yeah. on here. Let's just ask.
1: Yeah, so the, R- the IS, uh, I bought for 200 bucks, And it was an auto car. And... I was like, let's see how cheap we can get this going because I'll just let everybody drive it if we yeah. make something super yeah. cheap. So I took uh, Lucas Oil forklift hydraulic ram oil and put half. Oh I I mixed that in ATF fifty fifty and put it in the trans so the torque converter pressure went like yeah through yeah, the roof, and it always stayed locked. You just literally put it in two, <laughs> drove balls to the wall Sick. into the corner and then just pulled a handbrake and as long as you stayed matted, it did great. Hell yeah! But we ended up actually putting that on a link and uh like did the whole turbo setup and everything and it ran i want to say it was like normally we ran it at like 10 psi okay uh and that made it freaking awesome until me and uh cmj were out one time in it and we were trying to kind of like tune it and see what was going on because it was acting real weird Hmm. didn't catch it somehow and it went to 21 psi and we did like four laps and we're like okay it rips but it breaks up and it runs like shit (laughs) And then, like, the floor pan felt like it buckled and it blew up. So, that was, that was like, the end of that. Uh, he still got the, the connecting rod hanging on the wall in his garage, and it was, like, a quarter inch shorter. From, trophies. From the, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. that, that was about the end of that. And then um, the RX-8 that you were asking about. Yeah, yeah. That came in after that.
0: Okay, so, did you ever deal with any issues on the RX-8? Because it was still factory rotary, right?
1: No. So, oh, it okay. was... Um, I got that from Mike Fioc. So, he, like does a lot with rotary stuff. He yeah. did a lot. He's kind of making his way out of it now. Um, but he had just rebuilt it. That was his like daily drifter. Mm, so he made yeah. some knuckles on a mill um, and oh, it had like some Neo Motorsports coilovers from his were they good? pro-am car. They were great. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, I, I loved how that car felt and it was, it was stock when I got it. And then obviously it has no torque and no power. And I'm like, okay, the, the chassis is good. Um, I've oddly always loved the look of RX-8s. I
0: don't know why, but
1: I I didn't think it was bad. I like, everybody, my wife hated how that car looked and I'm like, it, it might not look the best, but it kind of looks like a chick's car, but yeah. And I put the S2 front end on it to try to like make it more aggressive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but that was, that was kind of hard to find parts for to get all that done. But we ended up, um, kind of making a turbo kit that Mm. still they put the biggest turbo we could put and still keep all the stock stuff. Okay. Um, So it still had, like, all of your functionality, and we got around the oil metering pump and all the stuff to, like, put it down there. Um So Mike built the manifold, and then, um like, he had mocked it up on a motor he had, and then I had finished. No, he welded that one. I welded the one for my This is FC. the Genesis motor, right? The, the Renesis.
0: Or Renesis, whatever yeah. the fuck it's called. Yeah, so the, that was that one. And everybody's they're like, like oh, they can't take
1: boost, it'll blow up. And I think at the highest, I had it at 14. He always told me to run it at 10, so it was only like like that for one event. And then, because I have zero mechanical sympathy, when CMJ and him tuned it, I didn't know that they did it. But they're like, we know how you are on cars. So they we had a link on it, too, and he changed the scaling for the water temp. yeah So I was like, holy shit, I got this thing to 285. And they're like over there laughing, and I'm like, "What? What's so funny?" And he's like, "Well, I actually made two fifteen. Say it was two eighty five, so that you wouldn't like blow your shit up." (laughs) So that Uh, I think, yeah, I think that was why I had decent mechanical luck with that. Was they kind of like tried to keep it in a decent,
0: yeah, in a decent manner. But dude, I do that every single time now.
1: I mean, it's kind of at a bad height for like right at the top of the couch. It's like it's a good. It's good for that. It's good for that. Yeah.
0: I just got to get used to it. Anyways, sorry.
1: But yeah, no. So it um, it always did me good. And then I, I traded that for a 370Z. Um, <laughs> like straight up that back needed a little bit of stuff. Yeah, back to the Z. Um, and as soon as I traded it, the kid blew it up because he didn't pre-mix the gas. Because we took the oil. Like the oil metering pump was in there, but it mm. was like placebo over here on the side mounted yeah. up on the firewall. Uh, and I told him, but I don't really know why that happened uh so that car died as soon as I traded it off um the Z I never really drifted with and
0: then I ended up in the Mustangs after that damn so shit I like the you okay so when did the riverside stuff happen because I noticed you had like Riverside liveries and everything yeah on the rx8 and
1: so that. that um when we started getting the graphics stuff uh Austin at spider graphics he had come on board as a series partner so i was like you know let's i've never had a library on anything because i had no (laughs) yeah like (laughs) i didn't really ever have anything long enough to bother so like the rx8 i had for two and a half years i'm like let's put something on here um and so he just drew that up and i dropped the car off one (laughs) night and came back up a month later picked it up and it was ready to go he'd fixed everything and he just kind of designed it put it on and it, it worked out good so then the so at the time, you were
0: running events.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Okay, I've, okay. I've, I've, I was running events. So that, that, the RX 8 I had in 2020, because I drove it at Kentucky Speedway when we did the road course, set okay. it like when I, we shut the streets down with the sheriff's department and we like yeah. ran an event. So the RX 8 I had that season. Um, and then the one after. So that was four years into running events was when I had
0: that. Oh, no shit. Okay. What was the original start? for Riverside solely just supposed to be events, or did you have anything else that was planned for Riverside?
1: No, so I literally just started it um, to run events so that, like, me and my buddies could all drive. So it was ba- as keep, bare as, as that. As bare bones <laughs> as that. Like, we, we did, it was literally like, open the gate, here's some run groups, go drive the first year. And then 2017, <laughs> we started doing the, like, top 16 mini comps with the Link guys. Okay, so we, yeah. we gave away, uh, like, Link ECUs was the prize for everybody for the season. Hell yeah. And we did that. By the way,
0: if you guys want a link, Njuku's got them in the description. I also sell them, but you can cut
1: that out if you have to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave it in. I don't care. Um yeah, so uh,
1: they came on 2017, we started doing that, and then I actually had Mike Carver, the guy I talked about earlier, he won three years in a row, <laughs> so like Jesus. he had a link on everything, his brother had a link on everything, his buddy Fatty had a link on everything, because he was winning. Might like, as well be sponsored right. at that <laughs> yeah, point, Hell, he, he, he was setting his whole crew up on, on <laughs> link, so uh, it, it, it worked out good. I mean, all, That's all how those I ended are still up on, on a link.
0: link, shout out to Scott.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how. Yeah, yep, same thing. So, I mean, we still keep that program through today. We've had those guys on board for seven years now. So that's awesome. That's that's our longest. And they're going to be back this year, right? Yeah, okay, they'll perfect. be they'll be back this year.
0: So hell yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, actually, speaking of Link and the Mustangs, I did want to bring up. You told me that the Link Digital dashes they are basically like plug and play to. I don't know if you said all Mustangs, but I know the s ninety seven.
1: Yeah, so what it actually is, is, um, like, because you run it just off your CAN protocol. So, when I had it on the um, Black Mustang, like at Ford Fest, Mm. when you were doing the stuff for us there, and I had it, like, as the dash, it was power, ground, CAN high and low. And then it just, you just go in with your computer and set what you want it to read. Um, So, CMJ (laughs) (laughs) had set that stuff up on the Red Mustang, and I literally pulled it out because he had already done all the protocol, and I just... Did the can high low power ground thing and it ran everything on the on the black Mustang. And it was bone. Yeah, it was a bone stock car with a dash in it just so I could have some of the extra, yeah, yeah, data that it had.
0: Dude, that's so fucking cool! Shout out the Mustangs for that. <laughs> yeah. Was, and it, wait, did you say that's on the um like S five fifties too or so that S95? as
1: long as you can set up all of your like data points, you can use it on anything that's got a can network. So it would be like, oh okay, you could so do it on three, you could do specific. it on your three fifty Z and oh. do the same trick. Yeah.
0: Damn, I didn't realize how easy that was. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not easy. It's, it's not but, easy. Cause, see, the you know hard know I mean. <laughs> part of it, CMJ
1: did for me. So it was like, yeah, for me, it was easy because he'd already set it up on the red Mustang that Dave drove. So it's like, I yeah. had just, the the dash saved the stuff he had set up for me, and I just moved mm-hmm. it over. And he like, sent me a diagram and everything. Dude. So it, it made it easy insane. on my end.
0: Yeah, I want to put one in my car eventually, but I didn't. Even if it was factory ECU on the Z, you would still be able to do it. That was as factory it...
1: ECU on the Mustang too,
0: dude. That's wild. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. it's
1: it, it like a lot of there's a lot of stuff like that that people I guess don't realize you can move over because you can take that dash and put it on a bike too. Like Scott could put it on his
0: yes, yeah, I've seen cycle. that. You can do yeah. that too.
1: It just depends on what like
0: that's how you want to
1: configure it. But
0: uh, okay, so tell me like what was the? I guess you're you're branching off to another car now, right?
1: So I don't really have a plan for a car right now I honestly wasn't planning on getting rid of the black Mustang yeah um, but it's kind of in the same theme of, of the rest of it where it's like this was too good of a deal to not Can't pass up yeah again. So, so when I when I sold that I kept a lot of the parts so like I still have the dash and the seats because uh, we got with status and had like riverside yeah, seats yeah. made uh, so I had fire, those too. I had the Koenig wheels like everything. Stayed with me off the car. So I could take that and like the spare arms that I have from Scott and stuff and put them on another Mustang. I just have Mm -hmm. to find one. They're like the easiest car to set up. So it wasn't really like a big
0: thing for me because I can go down and buy one for three grand and be in the same boat. (laughs) So, Well, okay, so give like a, a more in-depth rundown on the S197 because that seems to be a very popular car coming around in the grassroots yeah. lower budget guys. So
1: the I've, I've had both iterations of like the first 197, so it'd be like your 05 to 09, but they changed the cooling system in 07. So if you get like the earlier generations, if you try to put any kind of forced induction on it or do anything with the cooling system, it's kind of a pain in the ass because it's a remote thermostat. But if you go gotcha. 07 to 09, then it's on the top and it makes it kind of simple. And I didn't have like any overheating issues. So if I had to recommend one, I would buy the 07 09. Um Otherwise, like you already have a 488 rear and it's a stick axle car. So like the tire wear was always perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then I had taken, uh, well, I left Scott and Matt the red car for like four months. They came <laughs> to my house, picked it up and took it down to do like the bash bars and everything. And, oh, and okay. Yeah. 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 So that, that car was the, Jig maker basically for yeah. a lot of that stuff when they first did it. But now, I mean, after that, and since he's got the CAD and everything, like you could drop everything onto those cars now. Oh, um, yeah, dude, with, with them. And insane. so the, I think that's the biggest thing when I've recommended it to a, a few people now because I'm like, if you just go on the website, you can pick what you want and it's mm-hmm. like everything you need, nothing you don't. So, like, if you, it's a really, really simple car to work on for somebody who's just starting out too but it's like you're getting a V8 that's not super high horsepower but it's got plenty of torque for you to be lazy. Yeah. Um so like you've got still the, there whenever you hit the gas. Yeah, and I mean you can like you can clutch kick it like it owes you money and it doesn't care. Like I I broke the like kind of messed the synchros up uh from second or first to second on both of the transmissions I had, but it was like You'll deal with that on any car really. Well, and we were using it for clinics. So like people that were starting out they don't oh, yeah. really know what they're doing, and they're Burning just like the beating the yeah, yeah, and they're beating the shit out of it, which was good because it was what it was there for, mm-hmm. was kind of why we had even got the black car. Um But everybody that we had, we had started doing it in E thirty sixes when we did the clinics and like the off season school, and everybody like some of the guys had done that and come back and done the Mustang, and they're like, mm-hmm. this thing drives like butter. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the like every part of this car is designed in CAD. The stuff that was on the E thirty six was like kind of yeah. cobbled together stuff. Um, but just, shit. if you get the whole package on that, I think the last couple guys that I'd set up on it, because we had started selling Scott and Matt stuff too. Yeah. Um, the last couple guys I set up on it, I think we probably spent like two grand kind of dialing in like their suspension stuff outside coilovers. Mm. But it's like, that was getting their rear arms, their front control arms, the knuckle pieces, everything and both of the stock stuff. So it's like, if you're just getting into it, They're perfect cars for that, and you can get them for three grand if somebody's backed it into a guardrail or something, and it doesn't it doesn't affect how it drives. I mean, you saw the black car; it was all crunched on the back corner,
0: but yeah, yeah, yeah. it it works. So, and it was black, so you could barely tell when it's on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and that was a nice thing. Like (laughs) Uh, like at Ford Fest, it's just me and a bunch of S five fifties, but you can't like it wasn't that much slower than them, and you
0: can't tell it's all beat up. Yeah, because it's dark, so it's like Uh, it looked okay with everybody else. no it's 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 very cool to see the Mustangs growing and drifting and becoming more common and stuff I'm not a Mustang fan never really have been probably never will be but when I when I ride along in them especially the s550s now I'm like dude these things are fucking cheat codes yeah like I, there's I don't know another car that's that you could just go blow 20 grand on and it'd be absolutely perfect
1: yeah and that was like well like Hobson's car like that's, that, yeah, that's yeah, the that, exact point. It, and like I, I always knocked on the Mustang stuff in the past anyway, and it was just like when I did the red car, I bought it off a of buddy that was up in Indy when we were bringing over the drift games guys. Yeah. And I'm like, I just need something that we can basically like throw a bunch of spray on, have it make power for a 50k <laughs> event, and and we'll get through it. And it uh it kind of sucked because it worked perfect for me all the way up until Dave needed it. And, and then the converters we hadn't taken out, so they melted shut. Yep. And uh, I'm sh- Justin Medina was under there, like, yeah. being pit crew of the year for those guys, cutting them out with a saws on the pits, and then, like... What a guy. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, under the grandstands at Salem trying to make the thing run, and then, like, all the link guys were helping him out, trying to make sure that, like, they could do everything they could to kind of squeeze the stuff back out of it. And we got it working just in time. <laughs> um, but it's, like... The car did that and he kept up pretty decent at the fifty K. So it's like we probably had I'd say if you tried to go and build that car off the shelf the same way it was with the nitrous and everything, you'd probably spend like ten grand. So it's like that's not a bad way to do it. Yeah. If you're trying to be um like have something that's fun but not boring. Yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, before that, I mean, like, the Z's, like, what you've got, I've always liked yeah. that kind of stuff. Well,
0: that's kind of my next question was, is there any car that you would say is comparable to the Mustang for you in a sense of driving-wise? Like- it
1: depends on what you're trying to do with it, I guess. Because it's like, if you're, oh, just, yeah. if you're just trying to go out and have fun, we had this super clapped 350Z that same thing I got off of a driver when he needed some money to buy a new truck. And he's like, <laughs> I'll sell you this super cheap. So, like... <laughs> Every staff guy had had driven it like I had put it off in the mud and like, I mean, I, I walked across the roof to get back off it, so like we didn't really care much about the thing. When I bought it, it hadn't had an oil change in four years and the dude had still been drifting it, so it's like, <laughs> it was on borrowed time when we got it, but smiles per gallon wise, I'd say the 350Z was still the way the to go, roof. but now like it's, they're going up oh, so much yeah, in price that that's why we ended price. up on the Mustangs.
0: And it, dude, I was it's it's funny because I go to my buddy Brennan's to mount tires and stuff um, and he picks up a lot of 350Zs and 240s and stuff, parts them out, all that. Uh, yeah. Do you know Brennan? Brennan Daniels? No, I haven't met him personally. Yeah, like, he's okay. messaged me about event stuff, but. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what he, he does a lot on the side and dude, he's always got Zs and it's to the point now, I asked him the other day last time I was there, I was like, but how do you find these these deals now? Like, are you still scrolling through marketplace? And He's like, I, not really. And most of the time, it's just people know me, and even if I don't know them, they're just like, "Hey, I have this car, come get it." And I'm like, "All right, I'll be on the way today." Yeah, and it's like, dude, I wish someone would offer me a two thousand dollars Z again. Yeah, you can't. It it like when we had got that one, I think I gave him three
1: grand for it, and it was yeah. like it already had dual caliper BCs, like GK Tech angle kit. It was. Yeah, it was beat, but it had like the good bones, and like for three grand, that was a good deal. But now I'm like, if I spend three grand, I get one that's caught on fire out of like the corner. If I'm just scrolling marketplace, it's like there's nothing. Nothing's as cheap as it used to be, though. Like yeah, pandemic. So I
0: guess that's part of that. You know how every car has like that one part that's just ungodly expensive for no reason. Mm -hmm. Do you know which which part it is for the Z? The cam sensors. No, well, yeah, those are those yeah, are and expensive. they're it's stupid to for do no too. reason. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that, but no, it's that goddamn the pillar trim. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I asked Brendan out because like mine's a little fucked up on the driver's side from my Lambo doors hitting it, and I asked him like how much because he has five of them, five Z's there or whatever it is, and he was like, "You don't want to buy it." I was like, "I probably don't, but just tell me the price, anyways. I'm curious." And he said like three hundred dollars. Yeah, for used for ones. one. Yeah, one. Yeah, dude, what?
1: Yeah, that's it was insane. And it was it was the same way on that three seventy I got. So when I got it, the dude had drove it under the back of an escape, so like the hood was yeah. crunched. And I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, all right, it needs a hood, it needs a bumper, it needs a fender and a headlight. Like that's not a big deal. I got the headlights on marketplace for two hundred bucks. Like yeah. that was the deal. And then I start looking, and I didn't even realize it, but before I left to tow it two hours home, I should have taped the stupid A-pillars down.
0: Oh, no! And
1: they both snapped in half at the top corner of the windshield because it had oh, broke my the God. clips on the front. So, like, the wind caught them from where the hood hit, and it snapped them both off. And they were $1,600 bucks if I wanted the pair.
0: <laughs> dude, it's by the way, if anyone makes Z-parts, make those. Yeah, make Ur- those. Irving, make those. <laughs> yeah, there you go. KBD, come on, baby. Oh, my God, dude. Y'all would make a killing off of that.
1: Yeah, it'd be the only one that you can take back off without snapping it too.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. KVD, Irv, make those and uh, make the front overs too. That'd be sick because I need those, (laughs) dude. I've almost got the FDF kit to where I can fit the the full Mega Mantis kit. I can fit my wheels under the factory fenders. I just had to roll the shit out of them, but I'm surprised they stretched that far. Oh yeah, well they were they were already a little fucked. (laughs) Oh okay, but uh, I have. The FDF kit all the way in as far as it can up top and then pretty extended down low. So, and then 235s up front. So, oh, okay. that helps. But, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, dude. I, so, this year, we'll just jump into Riverside again. Okay. Um. This year, what is kind of your goal moving into this year? Because I know, like... The past few years, the first one was like immaculate and an amazing turnout, and then it seemed like the the fans and spectators started kind of withering away a little bit. So, what is what is your goal going into this year to kind of counteract some of those that happened in the previous years? Right.
1: So, a lot of what we had was like last or twenty twenty two when we did the the, like the first fifty k because I'm assuming that's what you're like. Yeah. 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 So when we did the first one, it was like you only had one option to do it. So like if you, How do you mean, like there was only one weekend. So when we did oh, two okay, this okay. year, yeah. it, like driver wise, if you look at like who drove and where they're from, it just split to like whichever one you were closer to, you just drove that. So instead of filling one one eighty driver field, we like ended up with ninety total, but they yeah. split between the two. Whatever worked out better. So like all the East Coast guys went to New Jersey, yeah. Um, yeah. And then spectator wise on that event, we were the fifth drift event in a row at the exact same venue. And it was 4th of July weekend, so it's like, whatever guys had made deals with their girls to go to whatever other event, they definitely weren't going to get that deal again <laughs> on the 4th of July weekend. So, that I, I think that was a lot so of what true. happened there. So, um, so, then it's like, you know, that combined with, like, one, everything's super expensive, so people can't, like, a lot of the dudes that drove the the one in 2022, they're like, I can't afford to yeah. to keep doing these because, like, the cost in doing that versus a fun weekend is insane. Like, from... Oh, it's especially
0: it, yeah. in New Jersey... Cause watching Scott go through it, i oh I don't, I don't know how much he spent. I don't want to know. Yeah, but he spent a fucking lot. Yeah, to, with Airbnb costs, fuel. Well, there's a lot of stuff that's sponsored, but I mean, crazy amount of money. I, it's got to be upwards past ten grand that he spent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was most like, drivers. I think that was a pretty common theme with with a lot of the guys, and that was, I mean, that's part of like going farther away from where like your home territory is. Plus, like Salem is Doggies, like the cheapest yeah. spot you can ever go because. The Nice Hotel, which is the only hotel in town, is 50 bucks a night. So it's like, if you're paying 50 bucks a night versus... <laughs> nice like, is
0: used very loosely, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Understand it's, that. It's the only accommodation, pretty much, on like <laughs> that side of town. Um, So it's like, running there for driver-wise, I think was a little bit better, because it's also way more centrally located in the country, where it's like, Jacob Anderson drove from Wisconsin to New Jersey,
0: and oh, it's like... Yeah.
1: A lot of the like where his drives normally, like I think it was like six or seven hours, maybe eight to come to us there. It was like 16 to go out there. So it's like yeah. when you, when you do that, it makes it hard for, for people to kind of do both. And it's like a lot of them wanted to try New Jersey because they hadn't gone there yet. So that was one thing that we like, we tried to do just for sake of variety and give like, mm-hmm. I try to listen to what people want driver wise and say like, okay, yeah, like yeah. we'll try it if we can try it. Um, but it's one of those things where like it just didn't work out so you know it's it's expensive on the drivers it's obviously expensive on like my end too um when you try to do those kind of things so i kind of like the way that mike uh and chris knapp do their gambler thing so we're still going to run one this year in june same like time frame as when we ran the original 50k Mm -hmm. and the other one um but it'll just be an attendance-based payout so i'm not gonna like slap it on and say i'm paying you 50k and then like 28 drivers are driving because like from my side and from a fan side like we can't... I'm not going to pay to not beat a full field. Like, yeah, the prize is to beat the 79 other dudes that you're driving against, not, like, the 24. Mm -hmm. So, it's like, that's that's kind of where that's at, is it's just going to be, like, if enough dudes show up, then it's worth it. And then, the other thing that that we kind of, like, had bounced back and forth was, you know, the first 50k, a bunch of the dudes came in, and they're, like, they're confident, but they've never driven against this level of of drivers. So, like, a lot of the dudes came in and it was kind of a wake up call and then they didn't want to like, they didn't sign up for it twice. Cause they're like, well, I know I'm just going to get beat by whatever. So the other thing we're doing is like in June this year, it's just a 265 max. Okay. So it's like smart, try to make it more advantageous even to like the other, like your normal, like pro-am level dudes, yeah. um, to kind of get back into it and, and fill it out there. Um,
0: Cause gonna... I, you, dude you'll hear at every fucking meeting run what you brung and as much as I want like that to be a thing like that's a uh, big money uh, yeah well and the other view, thing is like I
1: so I mean obviously like I want to see all the shit go fast and like it looks cool yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff but like I also don't want I want to broaden it back up and get like for the, for the one dude versus the 40 other dudes that would like consider it Based on that simple one fact alone, yeah, it's like you know if we if we just do that, and then it's like you know if we, if if the driver side still doesn't want to show up and drive it, then we just shift focus and we do something different. It's like you know we try to kind of adjust and see what works out, mm-hmm. but like it, it's kind of a weird landscape to navigate because when we do the fun weekends, it's like anybody will show up and drive a fun weekend. Yeah, the the money side of stuff like. It's cool. I try to, when we did it the first time, I'm trying to like give back to drivers because like the shit's expensive and like even going to FD, like the dudes are winning. They're not making anything. Oh, so yeah, I'm like, no. I'll make it worth like the driver's while because like say somebody like you or me goes out and, and drives or like like Jacob Anderson where he's like, yeah. I think one year he won like 15 grand. Like that changes a lot for a dude at like a normal level where they don't have like big corporate sponsors and stuff. Like if they can show up to something and make yeah. a difference in things, like... That was the idea behind it, um, and that's that's kind of why we wanted to shift and get like shrink the tire way down to basically give yeah. like mm-hmm. those dudes where they can come back and say like, okay, this is something that yeah, yeah. that I can try again and try and
0: try to get you know that benefit out of it. So, so when you first went into Riverside, then we because this was, I mean, you were watching clutch kickers happen. Um, yeah. And kind of, did you ever get nervous with any of that stuff? Kind of going deeper into the 50 K's about like, well, do, what if this ends up the same way as clutch kickers? So it's, it's one of those things that like, I've
1: watched it. I mean, I've been around this stuff for over a decade, like yeah. almost 15 years. It's like when you first do something, everybody's gonna be like, oh yeah, this, this is sick. And they'll the like, hype is there. yeah, you? the hype's there. And then as soon as like one or two bad things happen, then reality like you, sets you, reality sets and in like, and you can watch it. Oh, but it's, wait, it's on, not man. like it, it's not just a Clutch Kickers thing. It's everything. It's mm-hmm. like even when I was doing the media stuff with MDU, it was like the last round that, that they did, like an MDU round, and yeah. you were like getting a pro license. There were six mm-hmm. dudes that signed up for St. Louis. So it's like you can watch the same trend over and over and over again with everything. Um, so it's kind of just you, from an event promoter side, you have to look at it and say like, Okay, I'm going to do I'm going to do this like the 50k or whatever. But it's like you can only do that kind of thing when the drivers back it. Yeah. And that's like such a big spend over
0: what anybody thinks it is. Um cuz like there's going to be a lot of variables to really let the drivers be fully uh, like into it. Like they were with clutch kickers, it was a specific track that everyone like loved and wished dreamed of driving, yeah. which luckily I got the chance to and it's fucking amazing. But it was a it was like a whole different and new experience at the time. And then I think that's that like you said, it just kinda withers as you go and and then people then start, you change, the reality you sets that, yeah. in and stuff. So I've always been curious. I've been very um vocal about how I think big payout events are kinda dying. Yeah. Uh, and it's more coming back to the grassroots side of things and you know, I wish, like you said, for the 265 rule, I wish event hosts would kind of do like set the bar for the style standard more because then I, I guess, not. well, I guess not more, but um, that would create a more of a FOMO factor, in my opinion, to where like they have to build their car up to this level to even get accepted and then I feel like no matter what happens then, they're more accepting of the outcome. If because you set the precedent up front. Does that make sense? It it does, but that's I
1: mean to me that's like what Drift Indy's doing. It, it may be like right completely
0: now. overthinking it, but it, it's
1: I, I think that's kinda like it depends on which which like crowd you're in. Cause like Drift yeah. Indy's doing that, but they're doing it well. Like with the street legal thing. Like you gotta uh, apply. They've got like this is what it's gonna look like. You know what it's gonna look like going mm-hmm. in. Um but it's like a lot of the dudes that like that rip, like Mike Carver. Yeah, for example, like his car would never get into street legal, but the dude, like, shreds. Because on, yeah. like, for so, for example, we were at Salem. You know how big the bank is there. Oh, yeah. Like, dude comes out and just lets it eat and blows his taillight up on the wall, and he rides the whole top of that wall where people at the 50K like, couldn't do it. And he's in an old, old E30, and he gets out, and he's like, oh, I got I to tighten these shocks up a little bit, and I'll go do it again. And he pops the trunk. He's like, shit, they're stock. I forgot I've like I'm running on all this garbage. <laughs> so, like, dudes like that, I don't want to... I don't want to put something like that on there to exclude them because I'm the way we had always done it in the past was like, we let the dudes come out. We did like drift limbo. We did all the mini games and stuff. And like that stuff's coming back to the Mott series this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was more like it let dudes kind of build their skill um, and and get. I don't want to knock that kind of stuff out. Because yeah. like that's kind of the vibe that I want to bring back in this year is like what had kind of got us going the first five years that we did events, yeah. Um, and and bring that's why we went back to the sports Drome this year for a couple of events because it's like the original like party vibe event, like what you were saying is kind of what it's what we're missing as event hosts doing because that was always way more fun for us. And then um, like drivers the same way. Yeah. Anybody can come out, have fun, do that. Where it's like. You know, we'll do that. We'll throw the top old Top 16-style competition at the end of the weekend like we've always done in the past. Um, so that'll be... And that'll look a little different, too. So we'll put prizes on it, like what we did with the Link stuff um, in the past. But it'll be, like, if you finish first, second, or third, that's just what order you pick from, like, the prize bucket, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. So every round, you can get uh, Link ECU, a set of BC coilovers, or a set of Koenig wheels. And then uh, that kind of, like then you're not winning the same thing three times like Mike Carver did. Yeah, <laughs> But then you can kind of like help support people and get them built back up. Cause like the dude might show up on a beat up old set of race lands. And it's like, mm-hmm. try to do that to kind of build the drivers back up because so many people have burned out over the last few years yeah. that like, and everybody and their brother now is like running events. So that oh, makes God, it kind God. of hard to to sustain too, because it's like, everyone's like, Oh, it doesn't, that doesn't affect such and such. It's like, Say me or you that's go out and break a, our car at another event at the beginning of the season. Well, it's like, yeah. well, then everybody's out, and then they've got four times as many chances to wreck and break their cars. So then you got to like, try to run against that and still keep events going, because like last year we ran at a loss whole,
0: the whole year, so yeah. that makes it kind of hard. But Well, that's that's another reason why I brought the style thing up, because I feel like if, if you keep a control on the style of the cars, that helps the spectators be able to be more involved. Uh, now, I don't run events, so I have no fucking clue how it works. So, like, the spectators may not be that big of a, a ratio to what the cost is and everything like that and what you would be making. But um, how, I guess, jumping back on last year and the whole budget thing, why did it become, like, a loss in every way, I guess? So
1: the The biggest thing is, like, when when somebody who's not, involved in how the event operation works and like the event promotion when they look at it they're like okay you got 500 spectators you got 50 drivers Mm. that's x you made that much money it's like no you didn't it's not as black and white yeah because like you got to put your dudes up in hotels you got to pay for flights to bring them in you got to get insurance for each day at the track you got to get food trucks you got to
0: get like your own like some driver tickets are like sponsored tickets right yeah so like
1: in in some sense so like I run that kind of differently from what a, some of the other guys do, um, because since I was also driving, what? some of the times when we would do like partner deals, it would be like, you know, I'll I'll, I'll swap you your product for for my advertising type yeah, thing yeah. because it's mutually it's advantageous. Related. So it's like if I get like say Scott, so he gives me an angle kit, I give him drive time. So like yeah, he gets fifty yeah. k entry. It's it's cheaper for him because he's going to buy the entry either way, and it's cheaper for me because I'm going to pay full price for the angle kit. Yeah. So if you swap them. Stuff like that is like how some of them work, um, so people don't account it's for of that
0: like, with driven luck. Which, by the way, he's starting a GoFundMe. So, <laughs> if any guys you want to support that track, just by donating, help them get it because they need a parking lot, dude. It's fucking the track's sick, but they need a parking lot. Uh, but that's in the description, anyway. Sorry. We'll,
1: no, back. you're good. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, that's a lot of it. Is like people. Don't look at the full picture of what it really costs. So, like, like New Jersey, for example, everybody's like, okay, well, you got, you know, 54 drivers, you got 500 spectators. That's X based off what these tickets are. So, you you made money. It's like, no, like that event prize was 50K, but it cost me $89,000 to run the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, it's like stuff like that. People don't, and I try to be transparent with it because for some reason, People that are outside of like the promoter realm are like, oh, you know, I'm going to run events because dudes make money running events. And it's like, dudes don't. And that was one thing. That's why I've
0: had so many event hosts on because I I know there's such a misconception, not just from the driver to the event host, because that's normally like, you can figure out whatever. Yeah, it's it's close. But the spectators don't have a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. They just see it as another event that they go to if they're going to a fucking concert or some shit. Yeah, and, the, and the, the so
1: the best thing for me that I can recommend to, like, anybody is if you want to see a better explanation of that and how that kind of stuff works, you can go watch Smoke and Mirrors from the Drift Games guys. It's like a six-part mm-hmm. series of them stopping running IDC. Um, and that was one thing that, like, I've always appreciated with Dave and those guys is he's transparent in the fact that it's like you know you do this event and everybody's like oh that's sick and then you got to go tell your guys be like hey so we just did all this work this weekend but we're gonna go work next weekend to pay for the work we just did this weekend was the way he put it because they
0: had other promotion companies outside of it and it's like you gotta look at that even they've got it down yeah Uh, they've got the science of events to a t it's crazy yeah
1: yeah that was that was one thing that i realized like last year we went and uh, i drove the lz festival over at mondello and it's like that scale of event is yeah. absolutely insane. Um, that those. was, yeah, that was, that was different. I like the, with the I haven't driven any events that I didn't run uh, until that one in seven years. And Damn. I, it was a disaster. So we were only supposed <laughs> to, I was only supposed to be there for three days. So Friday was like, fit the car to you, do practice runs, figure mm-hmm. out everything. Saturday, all the fans were showing up, and, like, that was your, like, qualifying yeah. exhibition day. Start
0: getting your shit together. Yeah,
1: and then Sunday was, like, the actual competition thing. So me and my wife are going over there. We take off from Cleveland, drop the kids off, uh, gets JFK, get stuck on the tarmac for an hour at JFK. I'm like, okay, hopefully this isn't the theme for the whole trip. So then we sit in the terminal waiting on our 45 minute layover for five hours and then they cancel our flight and they're like, we're delaying you for 27 hours. We'll put you on another one the next day. And I'm like,
0: Uh, that's 33%.
1: So at that point I'm missing the whole like practice day. So Uh, I've never driven the, I was in the IS 200 that they had. My buddy, Will, that helped me run events, is already in Ireland because he flew out of Charlotte. So he's over there sitting there looking at the car, sending me pictures of the track and everything. And he's like, what are you going to do now? Because like, my flight's due in an hour and a half before practice goes in Dublin. And it's 45 minutes from the airport to the track. So they give Will a car. Will drives. He'd never driven in Europe in his life, let alone on the wrong side of the road on roundabouts. Yeah, and So he gets to the airport, and he's like, dude, I'm a menace over here. This is terrible. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't realize what he meant until we start driving back, and it was like two roundabouts. I'm pretty sure we almost went the wrong way. We were on the wrong (laughs) lane coming to the other side. And I'm like carrying my suitcase through all the 10,000 people that are there on Saturday. I sit the suitcase down while everybody's like getting ready. They started the car up. I put the fire suit on, got in. I didn't even know where I was going. So I just start following everybody else. And I'm like – I get up there, and I'm like, okay, so I get in the smallest burnout box ever because it's the width of the run-up at Mondello, which is, like, way smaller <laughs> yeah. than it looks on, on videos. And I'm, like, shaking. I pull up because I didn't mi- – I missed the driver's meeting. So I don't know what line I'm in. I Apparently, I'm in the lead line. Uh, so it's me and Phil Morrison from uh, Driftworks, and he's in that NASCAR-powered A86 that they've got. Yeah. And it's raining because it's Ireland. So I'm like – First, second, third, fourth, bombing down this hill, and you can't see the first corner. And like instinctively, since I've only drifted right hand drive car once before that, yeah, like my instinct is to hold on with my left hand because you can Uh, do all that. Yeah, because everything's yeah. So I'm like, I hit it, hit the handbrake where the initiation cone is because you can't see the track. And as soon as I do that, I'm like, it pitches way out because it off camber is 12 degrees. So the car like rotates completely around and I'm looking at Phil and Phil's looking at me and we're doing like a hundred kilometers an hour backwards down this hill. And he's like, I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't even, <laughs> know what the fuck <laughs> is. And so it was like, okay, that was kind of different. So we f- we flip it around, I go back up second run down. I blow third gear out of the trans, um, <laughs> go back, do the next run following, uh, Kevin Quinn in the opposite S 15 that Adam had. Yeah. And I just go in and forth and then hope for the best because it's raining and get it. And we kind of like limp it through. That night, they put a new trans in it for me. Next day, I go back out, Dude. blow the trans up again because the it was a pass-through handbrake. And when oh. I pulled it and I let it go, it didn't release. But I didn't push the foot brake because at that point, like you're coming over the hill and you're coming past the first inner clip. So God, like you're wide ass okay. open. So I had no reason to hit back on the brake and release it. And I'm like, I'm way down on power. That's weird get around the second corner and I get to the new section of pavement they have between it Mm -hmm. and like the whole car bucks and there goes the second trans. So it's like in five runs, I went through two transmissions. It was the worst. That trip was a disaster, but the event was like...
0: The first trip out of country
1: I hear is always the worst. Yeah, it was... I just had bad luck on that one and it was like... It was so bad. I, I went over to like the the drift or games booth to another country. Yeah,
0: that's the that's the saying. I don't know.
1: I, I had gone over to the to the booth to grab the because they had a shirt with the car that I was driving on it, and Dave was like, "I'll oh, go yeah. get it." So I go over there. and I'm like, "I need that one." And Jess, his wife, is like, "Oh, you're Ryan. You're the one that this just broke on <laughs> twice." I'm like, "Yeah, that's me. That's me. It just yeah, I'm the guy." So it Hello. was like the the scale that those guys to loop back around do is just like nuts. I want to go to Poland and see the the Driftmasters file, but that's kind of like up in the air. I got to get, I got to have extra steps before I can go over there. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Like my work has to clear it. So I have to submit an FBI request and they have to like basically clear that I can go there because it's adjacent to a war zone. Holy so shit. yeah, it's like it's I had to get approval to go well, to, I'm going Ireland. to 2024. <laughs> yeah. They 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 sent me my approval when I was at the track and I'm like, cool, I'm glad this got approved because I'm already <laughs> <to> here. <laughs> um but yeah.
0: Fuck if not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, I guess
0: we'll just see how this goes. So Damn. Okay. Uh well, I guess we'll jump back on to um Riverside then. What are some things that you've taken from Dave and Driftmasters and Im- implemented into your events?
1: So the biggest thing um, that we had had like from that, that I talked to him about was basically like running an event that you didn't really notice it as much at New Jersey. Cause we didn't have enough drivers to kind of fill it. But the first 50 K like keeping the action rolling the whole time. So the fans don't get bored. It was kind of like, you know, you're the way that that they view it the most with Drift Masters, I would say, versus like their events, because now they're on fun stuff only. Yeah. Um. But when he when they get into the Drift Masters side, it's like, it's all production focused versus like, you know, FD side of things. It's like, I know the drivers don't feel like it's catered to them, but like they get a lot of opportunities to fix their shit. And it's like yeah. if you're warming up your tires and your exhaust falls off in Drift Masters, you're just out there's no like you're at the line when you're ready to go and you go or you're done and it's like that's how it should be though yeah and it's like they've got that and they've got 20 so when they do the the whole live stream everybody's like oh that live stream quality is like fantastic there's two semi-trailers with 40 dudes trying to run that live stream to get it like all going right so like how much that bill is Dad, I have no idea. But like, you when you when they do it, you see Josh and you see Lucas Bandana Boy and like those yeah. guys. So they're doing like all of their stuff at the same time. The other guys are like running like stationary cameras, where like the dude just sits and pans. But then they have all these other dudes that are making sure that like the timing's right and the all the images dude, that you yeah. see in the graphics are perfect. Cutting and
0: the it's same like cameras and all. Yeah.
1: that. And, yeah, and and like Dave and Ian when they're when they're commentating, they're not even looking at the track unless they're in Ireland because they don't speak the local language. So they're in another box or in a tent that they're looking at a TV screen. Like say they're sitting next to each other like me (laughs) and and the TV screens right there and they're commentating off what the TV sees. (laughs) So it's like you have secondhand commentation. Yeah. But there's like a few different teams doing that so that they can broadcast in different languages. So it's like all that kind of stuff adds up. That's why over here it's like, you're not necessarily getting that same production quality because yeah. it just takes so much stuff to do. That's why it's on Red Bull TV, because like that's a shared
0: Damn. entity. Yeah, they got it way better figured out. Yeah, that those that's, those shows run good. Yeah. Cause I always like, like you said, how they just keep it, it's always going and going and going. Yeah. When they like the LZ World Tour, whenever after every run, you know, both drivers come in and they have Commentation, they talk to them and stuff like that. And that gives Swan or whoever's running the grid to get the next cars up, ready to go. So as soon as that camera pans, it's boom, action. Yeah. And that's where, like, you
1: know, on, on the event side of it, while they're doing that kind of stuff, not only does Nick have time to get them up, but like somebody else's ship might not have started that's two that's, cars yeah. back and they're trying to sort that out. So it kind of like doing those kinds of things keeps the spectators engaged while they're while they're doing it's the a rest magic like there's, show. Yeah, but there's not like f- <laughs> you know, Slide four minutes of drone shot that's just circling and waiting. Ugh, that that was wow. kind of what we had at at, at New Jersey. Was yeah. like we didn't have enough drivers to kind of fill the time. We had so many damn buy runs at yep. the beginning of it. It's like that kind of stuff was inevitable there. Um but when you have the rest, it's like that kind of thing was the biggest thing I wanted to take from them was was kind of you know bounce ideas back and forth. Where do you find the most Return on your time, and it's like keeping spectators engaged keeps your audience up. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: okay. So, I guess next year, um, with you're not doing a 50k like at all. So it'll be the like it'll it'll labeled be labeled 50k. It won't be
1: labeled to 50k because like the payouts fluid. It's based yeah. off how many people show up. Okay. So it's it's paid out as whatever people sign up for. Like if you if they basically if it fills to 80. Like what we had the first time, then it'll be similar to what we had in the past. Okay. But like if you have like thirty dudes show up, then it's gonna—I I can't remember which way we had broke it down. I want to say it's going to be like fourteen. Okay, yeah. So it, or fifteen, it'd be fifteen.
0: So Do you already have a schedule out? Yeah, I've got this, this. Yeah, I've got okay. the
1: schedule out. Also, um, we can
0: throw it up on the screen.
1: Yeah, it's so. uh, it's on our Instagram and our Facebook. Um, yeah. So we have there, there'll be like four titled events on there. And then there's one in October that's the weekend after the rest. Okay. Um so that one what we're doing is whoever like the way we used to do it 2017 to 2021, we tracked points for like those three mini comps that we do throughout okay. the season. Um so we're gonna do that the exact same way as what we did in the past. But whoever finishes first, second, third for the whole season goes to the Drift Mansion with oh, like sick. us and some of the other dudes that we're gonna bring on for that event. So that'll That's be cool. like a special edition prize thing. Yeah. Um for like Anybody to have a shot at because like those of those events are 245 max. So it's like you can yeah. go out and whatever and and do good. It's the same thing as what we had like the small tire this past season. Yeah. Um it's kind of more like that style thing. But anybody that's driven with us like the last five years, they'll be familiar with that kind of setup. Yeah, of course. Um so that's what the thing is there, and then that's what the TB TBA at the bottom of the schedule is for oh, okay. is for the the drift mansion thing, um, yes. so that's, that's just because then we can bring in some of the other like link associated drivers mm-hmm. and kind of have it be like something unique
0: that somebody can go do that they wouldn't have a chance to otherwise.
1: Yeah, is basically what what that's for
0: so it's gonna still be like a full series almost but like you could still drive just one if you want yeah
1: you could still drive just one i mean even like everybody's like oh well, there's competition that weekend i'm not going the way we've done these competitions is they literally take like two hours at the end of a weekend you've still got 14 oh, yeah. other hours to drive <laughs> yeah. um so like if you're not familiar with how we've done things in the past there's plenty
0: of time to just go out and jam yeah. with your buddies if so you i want to come to one i'll do the competition but like i don't fucking care for it i'll probably get knocked out the first round but it's just extra drive time. <laughs> I just want to be there. <laughs> yeah,
1: everybody's like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'm like, you're just giving up free laps. Like, yeah.
0: And dude, honestly, I like Salem. I like the track layouts that they have. There's so many different layouts you can do. Yeah. And it's pretty big of a facility. It, it is. It's, um,
1: I mean, for, for like an oval, it's big because the whole half mile that you have outside of it is what's normally not included. It's so like where we put yeah. that new section in two years ago um, before the 50K. That whole piece where it connects up to the outside to me is the most fun part because you kind of like jump it's onto got that it, little... yeah. Um, so you, we can do cool stuff there, and that's why like we we kept that for two of them, and then we've got the sports drone for two of them to kind of like
0: mm-hmm.
1: still have sake of variety, but keep it in the same area. Um,
0: yeah. Well, how much are uh like if are you going to be able to do it to where drivers can buy like their entire season up front? So, or is that going to be like just by driver basis if they?
1: What I've done in the past is typically, like, once we got into February time frame, I'll put up, like, five season passes. I don't oh. do a bunch of them, yeah. Um, but it was, like, last year I did it, and it was, like, do you want it with the 50Ks or without the 50Ks? And it saved you, like, I think if you didn't, it was, like, I want to say it was 450 bucks to drive, like, all the events if you didn't do the oh, 50Ks shit. last year. Um So it'll be kind of the same thing on this one. It'll just be, do you want to do the shootout, too, or do you want to do just... The other three weekends. Yeah. Um, it just I, I kinda have to work that out because like on the backside, costs are different, track to track. So it's like of course what works yeah. out here. Um a lot of but, math to
0: be done on that shit. Yeah,
1: it's just make sure that, you know, it all works and make sure it's advantageous for the driver, give them a deal,
0: but like Yeah, you know, it works out. If someone was just buying a ticket to, let's say, the one of the bigger events, the big comp events, uh-huh. and then you could do like the 245 is it a price difference and wh- how much yeah so for just one of them i
1: on the like on the regular Matsuri weekends where like the small tire and like the prize giveaway mini comp stuff is uh i haven't ever changed the price on that from 2016 through so it's like oh, wow. it's 150 for 2 days is the yeah. way it's always been um and then it's 90 for one damn so it's like it and just still, it saves you 30 man. bucks if you just 150 for both. 2 days is great yeah and it's like you know, it's one fifty for two days, but there's like extra on top of it because it's like, I, I mean, you win like yeah, every everything on there is like fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, so yeah. you got that, and then like this year we've got, um, we'll be bringing like DJs, live music. We've got uh, okay. at, so after after our little kiddie pool thing at the fifty k in Salem, fucking right. So <laughs> what we what we got a, pro, a big projection screen.
0: No, so that we can not. yeah.
1: So we're gonna do like a kiddie pool drive-in thing at night. So if you haven't done the Thunder Over Louisville weekend, which is April uh twentieth, twenty first, yeah, it's the biggest like air show on this side of the country. But they do like fireworks and everything. And it's right next to the track. So we'll have like oh, all that kind of stuff on that first weekend in April. So it makes it like a good all like I mean you got shit going on all night because we're driving yeah. till eleven, but then they'll still be like. Everything else going on till like one or two a.m.
0: Oh, that's gonna be cool. Yeah, so it's yeah, like it Kitty Pool was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it
1: was. That was a hit for some reason. at That it, one, but I, <laughs> well, everybody else did at one yeah, point or another. <laughs> I mean, people were swan did. diving
0: into that thing. So yeah, we filled... We put. Didn't we fill it up in a bed? We put it in a bed or something. No, it was well. It, at, well it, at first, think, we yeah, did and then that it, and took it on the other side of the fence near our pits, and then we, everybody out a, figured out you had it. yeah, and then, yeah, yeah everyone then,
1: caught an eye of it. I think Corey and Connor brought it over. Was it? I think, dude. I don't know. I know they were in it the whole time,
0: <laughs> dude. That was so fun. Oh, I see. You're gonna be doing concerts and stuff, like, well, not full blown like, concerts, yeah, but, but just live music, something, so. out. Yeah. yeah. Just, just to
1: kind of keep it going, like even once we shut down, because we we run, we can run later at the sports dome, basically, mm-hmm. like. For those of you guys who don't know how vents work, lights are expensive. Big-ass lights are expensive. So, like, it's cheaper for us to run later at the Sports drum than it is to run at Salem because the lights at Salem are, like, 600 bucks to turn them on and warm them up. It's, like, it's insane because they're old style. So, like, they're the big-ass filament bulbs. Yeah. So, it's, like, all of our late-night stuff will be at the Sports drum. They'll they'll still be, like, where we had, you know, some stuff out at Salem. Mm -hmm. But it'll be, like, we end driving at 10 there. Yep. Instead, because on those two months it's light almost till ten. Yeah, that's, that's um, true. So that's kind of why that one's in the middle. It's like, mm. it have you ever worked. thought because
0: you you do a lot of stuff with Taxi Garage. So yeah. Have you ever thought of doing like an after hours comp with the crazy carts? You never stay. We did that. Oh yeah, dude? I gave
1: away three grip oil wheels. Dude, Taxi I'm Garage comp.
0: I'm a, f- I'm an old man. I swear to God, I go to bed early. Okay, so I'll, if I I'll, can, I got
1: to send you a video because working. the best one that we did. Uh, so, Derek Madison had it always brought seems like his,
0: sloppy though, like nobody's actually no dude. That one, like
1: com. we had like an actual track and everything. So, he <laughs> he had the he brought the stacker. So, we put like the canopy out and we hung all the banners from the canopy. <laughs> and then we had the like the track layout was down the middle and we grabbed a bunch of wood and covered the side of the trailer so you had a wall to tap. Hey. So, it was like I mean, we because we ran full 16 through that one. Um, damn. Like on it, but I was giving away Grip Royal wheels for taxi garage comps, and like anybody could enter. What you could fuck? you could show up and be ten. Like Dmitry Brutsky's kids rip on those things because they drove them for like six hours at New Jersey. <laughs> I, I kept having to put wheels on them because they like burned those things up. But you could have kids like that that were winning wheels. Like it's just nobody was nobody stays late. Yeah, because they're like tired at the end of the day. That's fair. So if you guys don't know, we've always done something at the end of the night. It just depends yeah. on like what it is. Do you think it would be
0: cool to do something during the day for that, for spectators? So, Only?
1: we could. The The problem is, um, like... Having this area to do
0: it. Yeah, having the area to
1: do it, because it takes a decent bit of space, mm-hmm. and the space that we had, like, that we used for that was always, like, pre-grid, because yeah. you have to have somewhere that's smooth. So, once the driving stops, then you can have that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like, in the same thing. We had a little setup at New Jersey, but, like, you had to have perfect asphalt, because it chunks oh, the wheels up. Yeah um so it's kind of just whenever yeah, you can fit those. it yeah those
0: things are so cool
1: they they are awesome <laughs> yeah they were they're a blast i don't know i'm pretty sure every single event we had to charge them like four times and they last a pretty decent <laughs> bit but like my dudes were taking them the whole way around the layout at salem they took them around the whole stadium in new jersey oh to be yeah a live stream like it's they they were really just that. to get around. Yeah, yeah. It was like we. Were, I there's a picture of me somewhere. I got
0: tires just stacked all over me, and I'm just driving <laughs> oh, it because I didn't have my golf cart. So hey, the scooters are the best for that. You just throw a tire on it, and it well, it turns into like a sit-down scooter. You just yeah, throw a tire. yeah. That shit's fun. <laughs> yeah. No, they they were good. Hell yeah. Well, what other things are you wanting to incorporate for spectators specifically going into this year?
1: So the, basically, the 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 idea going back to the sports drum there is like. Our our spectator count ba- ba- being closer to like everybody is mm-hmm. a lot easier there, um, and the pits kind of flow more organically where everybody can walk around and be involved in what's going on, but there's a hut if you haven't been there that's like right by the start line and right by the corner of the grandstands, and like that section is going to be where like we'll have some of the other mini game stuff like that's ta- like say your taxi garage comp that kind of thing yeah, goes yeah. on there. Um, and then we also have, like, we're expanding the vendor paddock, so we'll have more vendors that are there kind of doing sick. stuff to keep that engaged. And then um, the DJs will start while we're still driving, so we'll have that. We'll have um, – got some food trucks that are coming in to do stuff, so that'll mm-hmm. kind of, like, make it more of an all-in-one type thing. Um, and then the rest of the stuff we'll kind of, like, announce as we get it locked down. And Yeah, and I and figured this sounds like you can't talk about. Yeah. Um, so once we kind of get a few more of the things – ironed out for that we'll kind of like keep pinging
0: that out on social media hell yeah but we
1: got things in the works
0: so it'll be it'll be a good year i've got some ideas that i want to do for events too so maybe i can help with that aspect of it because i'll tell you that after the podcast because i (laughs) I don't want to i don't want to mention that yet um but okay is there anything that you kind of want to mention about riverside itself that we haven't covered on the podcast that Uh, you think is fairly important
1: Honestly, we went so fast. I don't even remember what all we've talked about. Yeah. <laughs> We're only at about an hour. Yeah. I mean, hours, um, 15 or so. So, but. yeah. I mean, I don't, I guess, what questions have you seen people post kind of like bouncing back and forth? Cause I've also, like, we had more people come on for like helping me with social media and stuff. So mm-hmm. I've missed a bunch of questions that other people have answered. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. like, is there anything
0: that you've seen that's, um, well, I guess nothing crazy. I just, I like to focus on the aspect of event hosts going more towards spectators rather than drivers and catering to them because from the way I see it is the drivers realistically kind of just pay for the track rental yeah, and then the spectators are where your profit could be made right
1: it, it kind of depends on what your setup is with the track cuz like everybody yeah. kind of well, yeah, rents tracks true. in a different manner too um so it that's it, why c-
0: style is a big thing for me
1: on, on, like bringing the spectators in. Yeah, or... just
0: keeping making sure cars are stylish, making sure that the track is stylish. That that's one thing that I didn't realize until like you see something like the Drift Mansion, and when when Scott had the idea of like painting everything, dude, holy shit, it yeah. made it ten times better. But like you don't notice the banners and stuff in the background that really sets a kind of vibe and feel to a track for spectators. Yeah, that's what they get to watch the entire time.
1: Well, and and that's kind of the thing with. Um, luckily, with with Link, they had given us these huge, like, mm. hundred yard long banners, so those things are like perfect because they're the same height as a K rail too. So Hell it makes yeah. it easier <laughs> to kind of do things there. And then, like when we did the fifty cap at Salem, like all the grandstands are wrapped in the Link logos and everything. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff does make a big difference in presentation for people that are just coming in to it makes kind it of,
0: feel more official.
1: Yeah, because there was, I mean. You know, like on some of the fun weekends, it's like you've got your banners kind of in the pits and around, but there's not any, the more stuff you can put out that's like that, it gives, it can give your partner like organic reach too, because like all the guys taking pictures are going to have the logos and everything in it. Yeah. Um, but as a driver, I think it looks cooler too, if you have all the stuff out there.
0: Oh yeah. Having like, the stuff in the background of your shots while you're yeah. driving on track. Yeah. and it, Instead of just a blank fucking K-Rail wall. <laughs> and yeah. Boring. And there's,
1: and it. You get that everywhere. That was like yeah. when we used to run at the airport over next door um, out in Salem, like all the walls were bright ass green. Mm-hmm. So it was like that was an
0: identifying feature because everybody's like, oh, well, I know where that's at. <laughs> but so exactly when you see. That yeah. So Swan brought up how he like hasn't driven and fucking forever. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it's a big complication for event hosts to not drive as often? Uh, like, what makes it so we can't drive as often? Yeah, because you would, from an outside viewer, you would think, like, oh, he's running events. He could just drive whenever he wants.
1: Yeah, no, nope. like, there's almost, I'd say probably until the last, like, two events, every time I took a car, I maybe got, like, four laps total. And that was me driving, like, one or two before we even opened yeah. the gates. Um, just because, like, when you're the dude that's answering everybody's questions, everybody's always got a question. And then, like, that's another reason why I'm like, if you show up for the driver's meeting, it solves a lot of these things because after the driver's meeting, you'll spend two hours answering people's questions that you talked about in the driver's (laughs) meeting. So for those two hours, you're not driving. Um, but it's like, you're always pulled in a bunch of different directions. So like, as the person who has to answer the important questions or mostly any question, because everybody knows who you are at that point. Um, it just makes it hard to jump in the car. So then it's like, if you are in the car, You kind of just try to like hammer out as many laps as you can because you've got the window. Mm. Um, But then like you'll jump in the car and somebody will hit a wall. So then you go park and you go out and you figure out what's going on or you drive up there and you figure out what's going on and facilitate that. Um, So that's what makes it kind of hard in that regard. Honestly, the most time I probably spent driving was like Mm. before events so like we'd set everything up That's and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like me and the the guys were already there. So like they would bring their cars and we'd kind of just drive yeah. here and there beforehand. Um, some of the tracks that when we like, that we have good relationships with, we'll just go out and drive like yeah. at the track. So there was a couple of times where uh, me and my buddy Flick, we would just like, we had two of the rental cars that we left at the yep. track. So, we just drove out and just got in the cars and went and drove for like two hours and then just put the cars back in a field and then left.
0: <laughs> so, oh, like, take it where we can get it. Yeah.
1: That kind of stuff. Um, that kind of stuff gets more difficult. That was yeah. kind of different on like Ford Fest, was the first one I've driven here that wasn't mine. Yeah. So, it was like. It, I also was like, do I really have to go to the driver's meeting? But
0: I doing it all, like,
1: I give everybody enough shit for this, I probably have to go to the driver's meeting. So Don't that it, it was kind of nice to flip the sides of it where like I didn't have to worry about what was going on. But then I look at Nick and the rest of them and I'm like, I feel you. Yeah, I know, I know, I, know I know where out. you're at. Yeah. So um, I
0: think that's the the biggest thing is like we still enjoy it. Obviously, yeah. we wouldn't be doing it. Um, I think that's why a lot of people try and start running events to do the whole offset thing. And then yeah. they realize that, well, now I'm not driving at all.
1: Yeah. Or <laughs> so, like, I mean, old. some, it, it kind of depends on how serious you take it to, yeah. because like you've got dudes that, I can't remember who the dude was that used to run Drift Colorado, but like he competed in his own events. Oh God. So like when there was a problem. He was, like, staged up in grid, like, getting ready to go compete in the own thing. So then it, like, made it take a while. Um, so it kind of depends on, like, what side of that you're in because, like, the way I- I'm not driving my own comp. Yeah. Like, one, everybody's just going to ride your ass about it being, like, biased even if you mm-hmm. did and it wasn't. Um, but it's, like, you got so much other shit to do. Yeah. So it kind of depends on, like, if you're doing that, if you're just doing it for fun, are your buddies interested in driving that are helping you out? Like, do they want to go drive, or is it just you driving? Like, everybody at this point that helps me out with events, like, they've all come from, like, into it as drivers. Yeah. And then, like, it's kind of organic. the I Flick doesn't do them anymore um, with me, and then Will helped me out, like, a ton. Like, he was doing, like, everything I do. Yeah. He was answering questions. He set up his own like partner deals for us and everything. It was like perfect. Well, then he lost his job, had to move to North Carolina. So then I lost him. And that was, uh, that kind of made it more difficult because it was like, you could cut them loose and everybody knew what was going on and we're all on the same page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's like a big thing in it too.
0: but. It was, like... I'm sure building the crew for it all is the hardest part.
1: Yeah, and it's, like, all the pieces kind of have to fit together, Yeah, too. So, like, everybody has to be on the same page, and everybody has to have the same goal, and everybody has to, like... You have to have respect for each other, mm-hmm. because, like, I had one dude that was fighting with another guy that I had on there, and they're, like, arguing about stuff and changing shit, like, while we're going through for the driver's meeting, and then the drivers are, like, well, you just explained this as <laughs> this, but it's not set up like that. I'm, like, Fuck. So oh, like dude, you have to make are, sure yeah. that everything works and like it's good working with your friends because like all the people that came into it like we're all buddies mm. from driving or them driving my events and stuff and then like it's also a curse because it's like it's a different relationship when your friends are helping you run events versus like if you just pay somebody to come in and help you run an event. Yeah. So like when on the on the 50k side, it's like a different experience. For everybody, like, staff-wise and, oh, and whatnot yeah, included. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, on those, everybody knows that, like, we aren't really driving. Because yeah. there's different goals. But, like, on the fun ones, just you just kind of, like, rotate out run groups on who's doing what. My main grid guy is Austin Greer. Like, he does all yeah. pretty much of the grid stuff. Um, and then he'll drive, like, A or B group. Oh, whenever, cool. okay. Like, depending on when when we rotate that around. Um, but he's, he's, like, that's... his perfect role yeah so it's like you show up and you see the dude with the big watermelon shirt and you know that that's your good guy um that's who
0: i need to pay attention to (laughs) yeah yeah
1: so that i mean and then like now ian dickens is the one that we have that runs like kind of everything else to facilitate like when something happens Mm -hmm. because i'm not always available so he's kind of like extra me yeah
0: um but
1: are all those. of these like
0: paid jobs for these people, or are a lot of them like so, just helping you out. Yeah. So
1: that's where like a lot of people just help out just because they enjoy it. Like there's been two of the guys have come on, and we had like basically like pro, like it, you get this percent if we make money off the event type thing. Oh, okay. Um, so. was how they had worked, but like a lot of the other guys, it's like it's a passion project type thing, plus it's like they want to drive. I'm not going to charge them to drive if they're helping me out. Run a couple run groups and we'll just swap things around. Yeah. Um, So it's like that kind of stuff makes a lot of it possible when everything else is kind of like you have to run these kind of bare minimum because if it rains, you're going to be behind anyway. So it's like, and then, you know, depending on what type of insurance you have, you can do like, there's weather clauses and stuff to try to make up if, if things happen. But it's like, that's another thing where people that aren't hosting them, don't think about like what your insurance costs. Cause it's like, you're going to have three policies oh, yeah. running an event. Cause you've got, especially the, nowadays. It's yeah. Like, cause you got to cover wild. like the facility. Like, uh, so like I've got workman's comp cause you got, if somebody yes. gets hit, they're working for you, whether they're volunteer or not. And then you've got like your own personal liability coverage. You've got your umbrella for all the weather stuff. It's like all that insurance costs out the ass and you hope you never have to use it.
0: But it's like, yeah, and there's so many regulations to it all, too.
1: Yeah, and every yeah. like every facility is different. So you have like you got to say this is the facility's rules for this. Give it to your underwriter. He's gonna look at it. He's gonna say, okay, we can meet this requirement. Do this, that, and the other. Oh like, my God. When we did Kentucky Speedway. It was like five million dollars in property coverage that they wanted. I'm like, if somebody does five million dollars worth of property damage in a drift car, that's they that's wild. Up. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's some wild <laughs> shit. Like we had. Both times I went there, we had like really weird shit get broken, but it was like, so one of them, we, the first time I went, we ran the event in the, inside the garages. So the mm-hmm. NASCAR garages at Kentucky speedway make like a big W cause it's supposed to be like a D and a W cause Darrell Waltrip designed yeah. the track and whatnot. So we're like our layouts in this one and like all the drivers could rent the garages from um, them. So they had like indoor spaces with power and all that kind of shit. Sick. And Neil Fredrickson came down the main straight, goes around the first corner, and all of his wheel studs shear off, and that wheel just beelines fast as fuck for the garage door, <laughs> and it caved in the garage door like a foot and a half, like the thing like ripped off the tracks oh. and everything. Um, so that kind of sucked. Um, had another dude back into a gate. They were more worried about the gate than they were the garage door, which I thought was really weird. And then uh Stu Kelly like full on airborne to his LSLS because LS he hit a six inch I beam that was sticking out of the ground when we did the road course one. And that one we just hooked to a tow truck and kind of just like pulled it back straight. And the, <laughs> the track yeah. did that. They were they were cool with it. So it's like all that little stuff can add up too. But
0: Oh my God. Have you ever had a track that like makes the drivers pay for it all?
1: So Kentucky Speedway made the driver that paid that hit the gate pay for the gate. How much did the gate cost? 300 bucks. Oh, okay, that's not but, but too no, bad. He didn't do shit for the garage door. The garage door, they just let ride. They're like, oh, we ain't worried about it. We'll just replace the panels. I'm like, okay.
0: Whatever it's, you say, I yeah, guess.
1: It's different. I mean, there's... Other than that, I don't think there's ever been anywhere that, like, anybody's worried about anything. They would have there if we'd hit a guardrail when we did, yeah. like, the road course one, but nobody ever hit the guardrails, so it
0: that's it good. worked you out. Got lucky as hell there. Yeah. So. <laughs> hell Yeah. Uh Well, okay, so if anyone is wanting to, like, do events on or it, just even wanting to get to this scale that you are, what sh- what is your approach as far as gaining sponsorship for running events? Because that's not really something you hear very often. Like, like what is your pitch? What is your approach to companies?
1: So, the the biggest thing that I've seen in success with like getting new partners or like the the hardest part is getting somebody on board new. Cause like Mm -hmm. after that, as long as you can prove that you're delivering what you say you are, then it's easier to keep the relationships going because you already like, you've built a rapport with them. Yeah. Um. But the biggest problem I see with people trying to do it now is like, you can't be greedy. Mm -hmm. So you have to, realistically evaluate what you can give them and say like, okay, here's going to be your ROI on what I can give you for like social media traffic. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know, you, you're like, oh, I got like 60 likes on this post and like a thousand people viewed it. on, like, <laughs> Yeah. It's like those guys posted a picture of like half of a bolt and they probably got like a thousand on their Instagram. So like, yeah. you have to realistically look at it and say like, Here's what I can do. And when you pitch it to them, you have to be super clear and concise on what your deliverables to them are going to be and how that is going to make some kind of impact on them on sales. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's the same thing as a driver. Like you're going in and saying, like Irving gets all these things all day and he posts them on social media. Oh, but dude, it's like,
0: like... Relentless about yeah, them too. And
1: you, you can't go in with like a half-assed message and be like, Oh, this is going to work because you and a hundred other dudes are doing the exact same thing. And it used to not be the same way with series, but now it's, you know, me and 10 or 15 other dudes sending the same company, the same shit. And it's like, that's why I tell everyone do a fucking
0: do your normal proposal deck and
1: stuff. Yeah. Do a video. Yeah. You need something to like make it stand out yeah, because if it's like, you know, I'm doing these fun events and here's this, that, and the other, um, I want 10 grand. It's like okay, well, how is that ten grand going to impact them? Yeah. So that's where like you you kind of have to look at it. It'd be the same th- if you're the promoter. Look at it as a driver coming to you and being like, "I want to drive all your shit for free." Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, how are you going to make it worth my while to let you drive for free? Because like you're the business at that point. Yeah. So if you're looking at them the same way, that company say it's like. K- KBD, you got the banner up here. So, yeah. like, how are you going to make it mutually beneficial? Because you just want his body kit, but it's yeah. like, so does all the other dudes. Mm. So the biggest thing in any partnership proposal, whether it's a series or a driver, is, like, you have to make yourself stand out, and you have to be clear and concise on what you're going to deliver and how you're going to make an impact for that company.
0: Yeah. So, And that's that's what I always say, too, is because you want to... Even if you don't even know what they want, you don't know what that could even be helpful to them. It's just figure it out what you actually can offer. Don't oversell yeah. yourself, but no, because what then you can you offer, deliver. and then you just present it to them. How how can any of this help you? Yeah, In what way could you use this to help promote your brand this year or hit your marketing goal, whatever the circumstances. Right, because
1: uh, like trying to sell somebody on like you know, this amount of likes on my picture will get you a sale. Isn't Useless. It's nothing concrete. Useless. So They all
0: know the views don't relate to sales. Yeah.
1: And it's like, you're sending these to people who it's their professional job to evaluate <laughs> you. And like, if you're not going to sit down and, you know, don't, everybody's like, oh, well now you can start a proposal with AI. It's like, no, you can't. No, you can't. They you will be
0: almost identical copies. Yeah. Damn
1: near replicates. It's going to do the same thing. It's going to replace like a few words or whatever. It's like you got to sit down and even if you're asking somebody for like, even if you're just asking Irving for the kit, like, yeah. look at what that value is. Look at how much time you're going to spend on the proposal. Like how much value is that to you to sit down and spend like 2 hours to get something that's worth 1000 bucks?
0: Oh, dude, the entirety like, of my proposal, if you added up how much hours I spent on it was pff, I'd say 12 to 14 hours total yeah. just working on the proposal before I ever sent it to anyone.
1: Yeah, like you got you got to put in the sweat equity to like make it worth it. Yeah. And it's like if if you can show the dedication and the time that you'll like put into something like that, I feel like that can reflect well because like.
0: That's why I say the video too, because yeah. that's going to set a precedent up front is like you can create videos, especially if you put editing, styling and shit into it, they're going to be able to see like, oh, he actually can create content. I can see from this first interaction that I'll be getting something. Yeah. It may not be the best quality or whatever, but he's already proving himself from the jump. So yeah. St- it's like <laughs> Stop just saying, can I get a kit? I get 100 views a video or whatever the fuck.
1: Yeah, or it's like, you know, say say you're hitting up the link, guys. It's like, oh, I want an ECU. It's like, so do you and 200 other dudes. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to create? What are you going to do to make yourself stand out or get engagement? So it's like, yeah. a, I've talked to a bunch of people and they're like, well, I don't want to do reels. I don't want to do TikTok. I don't want to do this, that, and the other. And it's like, it's not about you and what you want to do. It's what you can do and what you will do. Mm-hmm. So it's like... You know, you have to be able to put the time in on whatever's relevant to that company to be like, you can't look at it and say that you're better than whatever their strategy is. Mm -hmm. Because if they say they want you to create content when they send you whatever part, it's like that's their stipulation on you. I think
0: a lot of it is just because a a lot of companies want that organic feel to their ad placements or whatever it is. So to the public viewer, a lot of it just does kind of look easy it looks like it comes easy to these people like the Adam LZs, the Jimmy Oaks the blah 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 uh, to those average viewers it looks so easy that they're just getting it and getting it and getting it and they just they're just putting it on their car they don't realize that they're the way how they're putting it on their car and how they're capturing that they're thinking about every little angle what they're saying so that it it works right with an actual like being an ad but it just feels organic. Yeah. So a lot of that misconception gets lost to the average viewer and they don't realize that like it, this is promotion. Well and that's <laughs> like
1: so you brought up Jimmy Oaks. So you use that as like an example of like he's a link sponsored driver. So you yeah. see him like grab the box, go out and put it on the car and you're like, "Oh, well that's okay like
0: it's just a day in the life just, of Jimmy."
1: Yeah, but but, but like that's look at what paid for that. look at what he gives link. Like he's one of their highest selling dealers in like the whole country. That's why he's got that gold ECU that Justin did. Like the dude puts in the work outside of it so that they have a direct relation to like this investment and giving him these ECUs translates to this in sales. Yeah. So like, (coughs) excuse me. If they, if if you can take that approach, Mm. it's like, that's concrete numbers. That's a no brainer. Yeah. That's something uh, you can physically
0: track no matter what it's and and That stuff will tell you where they clicked from. Exactly. All sorts of shit. Yeah, so that those that kind of stuff wild. is
1: like, you know, he put the time in, he he put the sweat equity into like getting that relationship, building up everything, and then it's like you're just looking at it and saying, "Oh, okay, well, this is such and such." It's like, yeah, you need to evaluate. those moments the you whole see thing.
0: are agreed upon before they ever happen. Yet you're just seeing them in an organic light, like it's a right. normal day. Yeah, but that's work. He didn't have to, like his normal life didn't have to do that specifically. But he chose to do the back-end work of post-editing or hiring someone to do it and managing it all and planning out the video, how he was going to do it, which most of you motherfuckers aren't willing to do. So that's your own problem. And why are you not getting a sponsorship? Yeah, I mean, and that's, like, people ask me that all the time. And, like, other
1: people that had run series, they're like, well, how did you start off with this? I'm like, honestly, (coughs) dang, that's getting me. (laughs) So, like... The other thing is, if you if you really want to start a relationship with the company, and like I said on the on the greedy thing, like you can't be greedy, yeah. find out another way that you can do it. So like uh, Lucas Oil was our first oil sponsor. Redline we had for like three years. We never got a dime from them. Mm-hmm. We just give away stuff. So it's yeah. like, I just went in and got partners because I'm like, to me, my return on it is the more people that show up and drive that can translate to to supporting like what we're doing at, as mm-hmm. Riverside. But then like it gives the drivers a reason to show up and kind of like try to do these drift limbos and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, th- those kinds of things are where you can start out then you can grow the relationship if you can prove that you're doing what you, yeah. what you say you did. But it's like, if you're realistic and you really want to get the relationship with it, like, take the little steps that you need to build the foundation on it before you just jump in and say, like, give me all this stuff. Yeah. It's like, if you can look at it like that and just say, like you, you were asking about as a series, like yeah, look at what you can do for the drivers. So the drivers want to show up, and that's your return on your time
0: yeah, instead of exactly. the other way around. Yeah, that's perfect. Hell yeah. All right, well, let's, let's jump into this question. I started this... Um, couple podcasts ago. Okay. Uh so since I have a lot of newbie viewers, a lot of people are trying to figure out how to and I'm sure when you first started you were like I don't even know what the fuck to buy for this piece of shit. Yeah. So, um you choose whichever car you've had in the past. You can do S197. I know that may be a little harder being off of Injuku. Uh but you have a bone stock car of whatever you've had in the past and let's go with $3,000 this time that you have to spin on the car to be able okay. to get it to its first track day. Let's just consider you have tires, too, because we did that on the last one as well. Okay. So,
1: honestly, I have not been on Njuku in, like, years. So I don't <laughs> even know what
0: is available on there anymore. Um, uh, uh, damn near everything. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, honestly, if you I... Can, you don't have to be, like, specific brands. We can, I can throw up, like, stuff that would correlate to what you're saying. So you could say overs, you know, Handbrake. You don't got to be specific.
1: Yeah, I mean, so the biggest thing that I feel if if you had three grand, obviously you got to get coilovers. Wait, what you, car? What car? too? i I'm gonna go with the S197. Cause like S197? bang for the buck, right now, that's the cheapest thing you can do. Because like if you jump on Copart, you can probably buy one that runs you. and drives for two grand.
0: I figured you would, but yeah. like I want to do it this way. That way, every single person that comes in has a different car. So we're not okay. just doing like every person goes off of a 350Z or something. Y- you'd stupid, have that, you know? yeah, yeah. So, so I mean,
1: yeah, because that's people keep asking me that, and that's what I keep steering them in the direction of because it's like attainable. Yeah, so I'd say still cheap. The realistically, all I had on the black car was coilovers, the angle kit, a fixed back seat. Trying to think, I'm probably at three grand if you spent, if you got decent. Buy the seat
0: before anything. I swear to God. Well, so like on that color
1: change, but it body rolls like a motherfucker. So like you. You have oh, okay. to do Coil- something. Yeah, with okay, it. that's yeah. fair. So, like, if you do the coilovers, then do the seat.
0: So you're at about it, fi- it, 15 right there, or 14. What seat are you getting? Like an NRG. Three, four hundred okay. bucks. I I, I have a bad
1: example, though, because I had expensive tastes on my seat brackets. Like, I paid 300 bucks for the seat brackets per side on the Mustang. <laughs> oh my God. But they're like super, super freaking nice, fat house fab ones. They make them up by Indy. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, super nice rails, but it's like, there was one day that we were looking at that and we were looking at the status seats and everything. And I'm like, if you'd spend three grand on the stupid seats and the steering wheel, if you did it by yourself. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah, coil overs, the seat. So you do the NRG, do that stuff. Uh, and then I'm not going to put a handbrake anywhere on a $3,000 list because like, that's a post you don't need skill. It. Cr- like yeah. it's a crutch if you start off with it, I feel like. So, when I was doing the clinics, I, I was like taking the handle it.
0: off. <laughs> and yeah. I, I had to learn. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was like when when we were doing the clinics in the E36, I just took the handle off so people couldn't use it. So it's like, it's and we hilarious. had good success with that because then you're doing everything off the pedals and the feel. So I'm going to go with just... <sighs> three is a hard, a hard number to work with. It is because it's like, depending on what your taste is, you'll blow three grand on rear arms to make sure your tires last. But it's yeah. like...
0: We're gonna give you a walkthrough. If you're a Mustang guy, you're looking for parts on Injuku. It's hard to find, but it's here. Go to other makes. <laughs> It'll bring up all the other lists of manufacturers. Click forward, Mustang, blah, blah, blah. And now you're there. Uh, all right. So right now I've got
1: a set of BC Racing coilovers. Can't go with anything else oh, on course. that. Of course. Gotta keep it. Gotta keep it there. Cody and Davey treat us good. Dude, so, Cody is the best, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I love the texts I get from him all the time. Just sends me the most random shit. <laughs> no, they're they're good dudes, and they they help out drifting dudes a lot.
1: Oh um, yeah. So I got those on there. I got the NRG seat, like you said, and then I'm gonna go with like all the Scotty D rear stuff because I have like zero wheel hop on any of because it's all Heim. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. um, I put the RTR ones on, which the RTR ones are just white line ones that have a different logo on them. Mm-hmm. Um. But those still had wheel hop on the red car. So then you've blown your three grand. Damn. But that's everything you have to have to like start off
0: with it. Then you can, yeah, get, still, like, then you can get the rest geez. of the stuff going. But it's like. Well, yeah, because the, the memo is always, always, for the love of God, please take after this advice. <laughs> Build your skill level with the car you have. <laughs> and then once you've maxed that out, upgrade the car. That's yeah. the way to go. Please take that advice. You will learn how to drive so much better. Yeah. And the dude that shows up in like the
1: clapped E36 that he's got like three grand in total and rips, I guarantee he was having way more fun than you and your $20,000 car. Yeah.
0: Like, and he knows how to drive 10 times better than you, too. Yeah. We had this one dude. He showed up and like, I
1: don't, he freaking shredded in this thing. It was an E36 on like stock suspension, balloon ass tires, but he, um, so he had, I can't remember what had happened, but he had ampu- he had to have his arm amputated, like above the elbow. Oh, shit. He took the stock handbrake, like the cable handbrake, and welded it to the A-pillar so that he could, like, use it w- with his arm. And no he was, way! He was going in in third, and he'd huck the shit out of it, and he'd hit the handbrake while he shifted, let go of everything, shifted down to second, was, like, backing in across the middle of the oval at Salem. Oh, my and God. And then did the whole rest of the layout. I'm like, that dude's having a fucking blast. Like...
0: I don't want to Shreds. hear another one of y'all bitching Shreds. about your car not <laughs>
1: working. Fuck that! Yeah, that man made it work. He. Uh, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, he was he talked to Chair him. Slayer. Yeah, yeah.
0: You find figure out some science from him and to make it work better for him. Yeah. Oh my god, it was it was insane. Impressive. Yeah. Shout out to you if you're if you're watching this, comment below. I want to say <laughs> hi. That's awesome. Um. All right, well, I guess let's go into your absolute best piece of advice for just anyone getting into drifting. Just best advice you can think of.
1: Best advice. Like, you're talking about, like, newbies starting out because you said like, getting into drifting, Yeah, right? getting in. Okay, so I would say the biggest thing, especially with doing all the clinics with everybody else, is you, ha- like, just, you have to be patient with yourself mm-hmm. because you can watch the videos of all the other dudes all day long and be like, yeah, I can jump out there and do that. And then, like... I've had people where I'm like, just get out of the car, walk around, breathe. Like it's gonna be okay. You You don't realize how
0: frustrating it is to maintain a drift. Yeah, and then then like,
1: and once you get frustrated, you're just gonna fuck up more and more. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's like with anything else. Even like at my day job, I I weld if I'm like at the shop and I'm not on the road. So it's like, if I get frustrated, you can see it in that too. It's like whatever you're doing. You have to be patient with yourself. A, there's always
0: going to be those freaks in natures, too. Like, my, I had a buddy, Dustin, when he first started, was tandeming, doing, linking the track perfectly, hitting all the zones, first day ever, yeah. driving. Never been on a sim, just driving. So, so Some people have the so There feel, are the freaks though. of natures, and those yeah. can discredit you whenever you're first starting, too. be like, why the fuck did he get it so quick, and I can't. Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, we had, like, I had this one buddy, when, when he had lived up in Indy, he, like, couldn't figure out the drift trike thing. Like, we had built, like, <laughs> gas-powered drift trikes, and we're yeah. like, some people just don't have the feel for it. And yeah. it's like, it's going to take you a minute. And then he was like, I can't figure it out because it's a trike. I'm going to build a car. So he went and got a car, and then he's like, I can't figure it out. And it's like, it's fine. Just take your time. Like <laughs> Focus on one thing. <laughs> yeah. Keep jumping. So it's um, – I'd say that's my thing is just be patient with yourself. Give yourself time to figure it out if it doesn't, like, come naturally. Yeah. Everybody – Regardless of what level they're at now, at some point has done something that they couldn't pull off the first time. Yeah, so they've had to like do the same thing and like slow down and it's figure like skateboarding.
0: out. Skateboarding, you're just trying to
1: learn a trick. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's no different than anything else you do in life. Like if yeah. it's if it's your first time doing it, like snowboarding, you're not gonna go bomb down the hill oh, the dude, first time. You're gonna eat shit. My <laughs> tailbone hurts so
0: fucking bad the next day. Oh yeah. Oh And dude, see, you think snow? If you've never been around snow. That shit hurts to fall on. It's, I'd, it's oh, not I it's swear to God, I would rather tumble down a fucking 24 flight of stairs trying to grind a rail than anything than that. Yeah. Oh my the, God, snow hurts so bad.
1: The, the worst time we ever had snowboarding. Concrete uh, and sandpaper. My my buddy, Matt, that had, he was helping me with the events when we had first started. Yeah. We went snowboarding and it was like, I think it might've been his second time going, and we took my hatch 240 that had, like, the cage and everything all the way up to the to the uh, Paleo Peaks. So it was, like, an hour and a half drive up there. Mm-hmm. Everything was super icy. And he's like, I want to hit a jump. And we're like, okay, there's, like, a little two-foot kicker, like, yeah. over here by the side. Next to that, they've got, like, this X Games-looking motherfucker set up where there's, like, flags going up to the top of it. And <laughs> like <a> 40-foot-tall jump. <laughs> yeah, and me, me and oh Cody are sitting here. And he, so he starts going. And Cody's like, I think he's lined up for the other one. I'm like, no. He's just slowing down, so he hit the little one. And he slowed way down, and he went off that big motherfucker. And as (laughs) soon as he's in the air, I just see him doing this. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Cody's like, we got to go down there and get him. We go down and get him. And he had compression fractured his wrist. Like they he just got a tattoo right here, too. And they had to like cut through the middle of it and fix his wrist and everything. But he had to ride an hour and a half to ER in my hatch two forty that was like oh, doing this the whole dude. time. And like our boards are in the back bouncing off the cage and he's like bumping his elbow and like the adrenaline's wearing off. And that was that was a rough snowboarding
0: trip. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. Oh my God. Oh, that's hilarious. I haven't been snowboarding in fucking years, but Yeah, that shit's a lot harder than (laughs) Alexa. Yeah. But, uh, all right, well, yeah, that's pretty much all for that. Uh, Do you have anyone you want to shout out or plug yourself? Anything like that? So, I mean,
1: you know, I I just want to thank, like, all the partners that we have with us that help us at Riverside do what we do. So the Link ECU guys, we've had them on board for seven years. Like I said, we got BC Racing. we got Ignite Race Fuel. uh, So in Love Home Matchmaking, he's a local realtor that's jumped on board, and he's supported us the last few years. Irving with KBD. Got all those guys helping us out.
0: Hell yeah. And a few more when rolling back start? in through.
1: Uh we've had we've been doing stuff with KBD since what car did I have? Um Shit, it's been four years now. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, Damn, you, hell yeah. Yep, yep. So he's um and I mean that's one of those ones where it's like
0: He loves supporting series.
1: Yeah, but it's like so we just give kits. It's like Yeah. I don't want any money. I just want to be able to give dudes kits.
0: (laughs) So it's like, it works out. Hell yeah. Well, uh, all right. You got any closing words or anything like that? No, I think
1: I'm good. I don't know. I lost track, but it's, it's gone quick. Hell yeah.
0: Well, if, uh, you guys have any extra questions as always, leave them in the comments or anything like that. Uh, I'm sure you'll be lingering in the comments. Some yourself.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, I'll answer stuff there. Instagram, Facebook, whatever.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, and of course any of the parts and stuff we talked about you can he sells them I know that but along with Njuku the link stuff Kansai's whatever you need uh, of course all those links are in the description especially I'll put yours in there as well uh, but yeah that's all we got for this one so don't forget make sure that subscribe button is pressed and that's all we got so see you each week every Sunday for a new episode stay the ceiling, trust no bitch can't catch no feelings. I've been taking a long slice from the Bay with Ibiza, hit home run, I'm a ball like Jeter. I just want four, 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 then I leave. Her. I'm a young pop star, caught a boy, doesn't be Got a little money if you want, I can teach you. Whole life a movie, you can watch it in theater. Staying away, uh, 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 to the ceiling, trust no bitch can't catch no feelings. I've been taking a long slice from the Bay with Ibiza, hit home run, I'm a ball like Jeter. I just want four, 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 then I leave. Her. I'm a young pop star, caught a boy, doesn't be Got a little money if you want, I can teach you. Whole life a movie, you can watch it in theater. We in the Baggy the band shit like a sauna, she workin' a sweat Told her come over